Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. This week we are four rather than three. It's another fantastic week where we get to host one of our Patreon producers on the show. This week uh, it is our good friend and one of our oldest podcast friends, Mr. Ben Chackness. Ben, Hello. welcome back to the show. It's great yes. to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I appreciate uh, being on the show. Well, it's great to have you. I'm Elite Lady Six, of course, and Tectic and Nerd Bomber are are here as well. Guys, make that prove it. Prove that you're here. Hello, hello. Hi. Uh, and above all things, we have news to talk about today, of course, as we always do. Uh, we're going to talk about Twisted Metal, if you remember that. That's kind of a, a relic that we're dusting off a little bit. We're going to talk about Hawkeye, a new show coming to Disney Plus later on this fall. And we're going to be talking about SpaceX. And go into space, which, incidentally, I believe we talked about it the last time Ben was here. But yep. there's more. There's more news on that. Things have happened, so we'll get back to it. We have, I believe, Ben was the chef. Yep. I was the pilot. Nerd Bomber was the. Uh, this is the one I will never forget. Observer slash intellectual because yep. it's, it's it's basically quite the when we run out of food, the person we eat. Right. And tactic, you were the. I don't want to say fix it guy because that sounds diminutive, but that that is basically what you were. Is that right? Sure. You don't. Do you remember? Because I don't I actually don't. No, remember. I have the memory of a goldfish. Okay. Well, henceforth, you are, are and were the fix it guy. We are not going to space. I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like we're going to space. We will talk about that. But before we get to any news, I want to go public about how I eat tuna fish because this is a this is a hot button topic amongst amongst the group here. I love a tuna fish sandwich, first of all. that's I'm one of those weirdos who will get a tuna fish sandwich from Subway, by the way. I think I may be the only person on earth who's done that. That's just roll on the dice, included. man. Well, no. I, I, would do, I would do a I like toasted like. tuna fish sandwich with cheese. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're not... like Ben, what's your Subway order? Let's just, let's, let's, I want to lay it all out before I offend anybody with my Subway opinions. So what's your Subway order? Or do you oh, have... Oh, boy. Uh, not anymore. I mean, I used to work when i was a young lad at the at subway at the, w- at the way of subs is it yeah. one of those okay. situations where after working there you could no longer eat there because if that's the case i don't want to know i love subway <laughs> it's not it's just because you know i you know for years i had you know that that was my lunch right i mean i don't right. really don't really have a standard subway order if it's if i gotta get something usually it's like roast beef i i don't think you can go wrong with roast beef but um, some subways use the prepackaged and don't slice their roast beef. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I I'm usually surprised any, any subway. I'm surprised if any, that any subway slices their roast beef. I would always just assume it's prepackaged. Oh, yeah. We, um, we, I mean, mine, I mean, this might be just a sign of the times, but back in the day we used to get the roasts out and then, um, that was kind of working the big job. deli slicer things. Yeah. No, I would really? do. Uh, yeah, I was a I was a um, a guy who would go from store to store and prep all the meats for the next day, That's and that was my job for a while. Yeah, I, I mean, also worked ooh. front lines, but you know, they used to call they used to have a, these shirts that said sandwich artist, but I I was more a fan of calling it uh, being a sandwich and salad technician. Right. That's why. Well, hi. Ha- however you like it. Um, yeah. I I am gonna level a controversial opinion though. Uh, which is in this day and age, anyone who goes to Subway and does not toast their sub, what are you doing? What? I mean, Quiznos revolutionized. Let's, they were like, let's take a sub and toast it. 
And then they kind of moved into the background and Subway was like, we're stealing your idea. I mean, if and it's a the cold sub, sub though, it's kind of weird. It's never weird to toast a sub. Mm-hmm. Name a cold sub. Like cold ham? Cold roast cold beef? Cut combos? Yeah, you cold cut combos? You do not want you do not want anything hot next to a cold cut combo. So what if I you're putting do, cheese I, I, on I, any sub, any sub ever. I agree with both of you. And now let me explain. If it's I'd a like cold cut sub, I would have them toast the bread separate and then put the toppings on. If it's a hot sub, you toast it all together, get the cheese all melty. No, no, toast all of it. I, I throw it in there. Whatever's on it. I don't even care. But holistically, toasted. the bread should always have a little crunch for two two mm-hmm. reasons. One, it's satisfying. And two, as your moisture builds up in the sandwich and it gets drawn out of your various meats and sauces and what have you, it maintain, helps maintain the integrity of the sandwich. Right. I'm having a Otherwise, really hard time out. not making jokes about meat and moisture from your meats and... Ugh. Just yeah, let it leave, be known. <laughs> leave, 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 it, leave it up to Tectic to suck all of the joy out of eating a sandwich because you can't think about that stuff. I'm just I, saying, I, eating I, a I, sa- I, even eating a sandwich is, a, is an engineering marvel. If I'm making a tuna fish sandwich at home, and this is where I initially was going with this, and, we've, and if this isn't what you wanted to come for, it'll be over in a minute. Just stick with us. Um, so she said, God, I'm on fire today. First of all, I my secret to a good tuna sandwich, and I encourage anyone to try this if they haven't already. Don't use mayonnaise. Use Miracle Whip. That's it. Mm. Will make your it'll improve your life, and I'm, I mean that very seriously. Okay, this is true. So far. No, Miracle Whip is really good. Miracle Whip is really the, the tangy zip of Miracle Whip, man. It's unbeatable. See, I use the mayonnaise um, and olive oil flavoring, and that adds a nice. Oh, uh, see, you're adding you, oil. If you're adding oil, you've you've gone wrong. Okay, you guys are going to call me a communist for this. My my secret recipe for You're tuna a salad. Yeah. Uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's there's going to be plenty of time for this. Um, is a can of tuna, mayonnaise. Uh, throw a little bit of relish in there, just a little, and then um, uh, I I will sometimes put raisins in there, but curry. Just a pinch really? curry powder, yeah. Like okay, yellow. It, it turns it yellow, but and it gives it a really nice bite. But it's just really, really tasty. So well, I actually, uh, instead of the curry in that, I do relish and mustard. In okay, okay, yeah, mustard is similar kind of same. same. Yeah, yeah. But I just um, like the flavor of the curry. You know, my, you just can't do use too much. My main tip and what I want to go public with is when you're draining a can of tuna. You're probably over draining it. That's okay. that, that. If to me, the best tuna sandwich is one where the tuna is almost a soup, which I I I feel this way about macaroni and cheese as well, which I know is an additionally unpopular. No, that's right with mac and cheese, but terribly, terribly wrong with tuna. I don't even eat yeah. tuna, and I know this. It's I don't. I'm not saying don't drain the tuna. I'm not a psychopath. Okay, tactic accused me of that earlier. It's not true. Drain it. But if you overdrain it, it's going to get too dry, and then you're going to be doing too much chewing. Well, that's what I, the a good tuna fish sandwich. Yeah, that's kind of what the mayonnaise is for, right? It's the lubricant. First of all, remember Miracle Whip. And second of all, ideally, when I take a bite of a tuna sandwich, I shouldn't. My ideal tuna sandwich is if I was 89 years old and had no teeth and was geriatric, 
I could still eat it, no problem. It would just slide right down. There wouldn't even be... I could gum it a little bit. I just see tuna juices all over my chin. Mm. It's not that... Look, I, I think... If there's one, I don't want to. I don't want to prescribe the way you you do tuna fish, but I think you should experiment a little bit and try it. And if you hate it, then take it out on me. I fully invite that criticism at ow illegal eighty six. Get at me on Twitter and say you idiot. I, I would I would just be glad you tried it. Like I wouldn't even be mad if you were like you're disgusting. People tell me that all the time, anyways. It's not going to bother me. Um, can I, can I yeah. change the subject uh, to kind of get would, us back to I, the show? Yeah, I would like it if you did actually. Yeah, yeah here, <laughs> but this is just this is just kind of a bookend here. I've got uh, I've got a subway story that I want to tell <laughs> about when I worked everyone at has subway. a subway story, but well, not this from what, your side of the county. Yeah, this so. is when I worked at. Well, it's actually, I'm going to give my brother credit for this, but we came up. We used to both work at a subway. And is this when Ken Chuckness? No, this is uh, Adam oh. Adam Chuckness. Um, and, uh, anyway, so Adam, uh, and I came up with this little thing where if you have a really annoying customer that like, no matter what you did for them, no matter how nice you were, they were always rude and they were always, you know, just, just awful. What you would do as you were making their sandwich is you would put a very thin strip of mayonnaise or mustard on their sandwich and you'd say moron. And usually they'd say yes. Oh, because you would call them a moron, but they wouldn't know, and then they would agree to being a moron. That's genius. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to explain it. I think we figured it out. <laughs> well, just in case. Okay. I was I, that was me verbally processing it. But yeah, okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. That's a good. Then, that's a good tip for anyone who's yeah. working at Subway. And actually, it works in many situations. Like if you have to put whipped cream on something, you know, you can you can you can adapt it to your situation. Right. If you, that's a really good point. And on uh, that note, well, let's get into the news. Yeah. Let's let's talk about uh, this episode is not sponsored by Subway. If that wasn't clear, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Twisted Metal. So Anthony Mackie's my, my guy. All right, I'm an Anthony Mackie fan. Falcon, incredible. I believe he was in what was what sports movie was he in? He was in a sports movie I really liked, but I can't think of the title of it now. I like Anthony Mackie. I recently watched Manchurian Candidate, which he was also in. Anyways, he has locked down the lead role of John Doe in Twisted Metal, which will be produced by Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions. So this is going to be a half-hour live-action television series. I have not played Twisted Metal ever. And really? There, have, there, have been, there have been a couple of those. Have there, there have been a lot of them. I Wasn't there the a premise, remaster recently, too? That sounds right. I also want to read this. John Doe, played by Anthony Mackie, is a smart-ass milkman who talks as fast as he drives. With no memory of his past, he gets a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make his wish of finding community come true, but only if he can survive an onslaught of savage vehicular combat. Cobra Kai writer Michael Jonathan Smith will write and executive produce the series. Paul Reese, or sorry, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who you may know for Deadpool, they wrote Deadpool, will be executive producing and Will Arnett is also attached to Executive Produce with his company. So this is, I don't know where this is going to wind up. And I may be missing that in this article somewhere. What streaming service is going to go on is basically what the question is, right? I think they're pitching it now. I think Sony was getting like a pitch together. And now that he's attached, they're going to start shopping it around to different streaming services and networks and such. It's going to get picked up by Netflix, calling it now. Because Sony's kind of without a country here, right? Like they, they shopped The Last of Us to HBO. They can just go to any streaming service or any, any network, really, and say, we have this thing, right? Vehicular combat. 
I want to I want to delve into that as like a show. There was this terrible movie that came out maybe five to ten years ago called Death Race, starring Jason Statham. Incidentally, a remake of a movie called Death Race Two Thousand, which was like back in the eighties and starred Sylvester Stallone, and I watched it. And it's a, it seems like a hard genre to pull off. You even want to call it a genre. So what's what's the vision here? I mean. Ben, have you played Twisted Metal? Or what's your familiarity like oh, yeah. with it? Yeah. Okay, so you're you're into this. Walk well, me through what this is going to look like, or what do you yeah, think it should look like? I mean, I, oh boy, I, that's really hard to tell because there's no character development. It's just you've got your different cars and your different drivers, and they just beat the crap right, they, out of each other. And, and when the and, games don't have stories, right? As they exist now, they don't have stories. So like there this are, is coming out of thin air. Technically, there are characters who have like tertiary backstories, but you're not yeah, yeah. following like a campaign. Like there, you have there's a campaign right. in the games, but it's like go through all of these different arenas and right. You're like in a down. tournament or something. Yeah. yeah. And everyone that I played it with, it was always you know we played with our friends and did the the battle royale version. No one really knew that game for the story. Right. So this is cars with guns on it. There's guns, assumedly. All That's sorts of all... weapons. Yeah. Yeah. The the interesting thing here for me is I could easily see this becoming a movie. Like it could be an action movie like Mad Max or Death Race like you were saying. But how they're going to draw this out over a series, I really struggle with. Like how do you You got to How do you make us care enough about You got to take a step away and look at it not so much like these Death Race type genres, but rather more of a Hunger Games type genre where it Right arena everyone's got to survive and there's going to be relationships formed and teams that manifest themselves in order to kind of tip the scales you know like forming forming alliances and stuff right yeah and betraying other people and just kind of like i can i can see a drama sort of thing unfolding but i don't know what that has to do with twisted metal i mean it's just (laughs) twisted metal to me is car combat you know, that's, right. that's all it is. And and like, and I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't sell short the idea of vehicular combat. I do agree with you, Nerd Bomber. I think it's more of a movie ready. I mean, look no further in terms of like vehicular mayhem being a profitable movie idea than Fast and the Furious, which is different in many ways. But like, they clearly are still milking that cow and they're not going to stop anytime soon. So well, also, also James yeah. Bond movies, right? There, there's some vehicular combat things in those that people are really impressed yeah, with whenever you've got for sure you know, you know. i see it more as like one of those things where i'm willing to turn up and give you an hour and a half to two hours of my life every summer when you come out with a blockbuster like they could even turn it into a franchise if they wanted to expand the story and do all of the dramatic relationship building but am i going to want to watch it every week do you think hunger games could be a tv show because i think the answer is yes and if twisted metal follows the hunger games model then it might be possible i mean hunger games they're like all in the woods so like they spent twisted metal it's like there's a big coliseum looking thing and the cars just fight like there's not much like hiding or anything so it might be hard to string that out over multiple episodes of television the thing you guys are forgetting is the winner gets a wish and so you could sort of see the dramatic backstory unfolding right before your eyes where you know say his wife has like terminal cancer or something and he's like this is the opportunity to make her better and and right but like that also kind of leads me like what is the like what kind of world are we living in here is this like is there a magical genie that can actually grant you any wish or is this just some like rich dude like 
I'll give you any right. realistic wish that I can buy with my money. Right. And also, is it dystopian? Because that's again, oh, it has you, to be right. Thinking about Hungry Games, I don't, I, I don't know if the world. I would assume in Twisted Metal, the world around the actual car combat probably isn't built that much. You don't really know what the deal is. So, th- it's a double-edged sword because there's a lot of. It's a narrative playground in a sense. You can do whatever you want, but again, you have to build this stuff outside of the actual car combat. You have to build it to last. I mean, look at you know. Do you know what the game is? It's just there's no movie there. And like, it's a fun game and it's this like arcade experience that holds up and has value, but movies and television are about storytelling. And is there a story there or can there be, even if there's not, can there be one is the operative question. They got Anthony Mackie. So they have something, they have a script that must be readable or maybe or he just Mackie really liked yeah. the game <laughs> he loves the game maybe he like grew up with him and was like hey i really want i don't know what this is gonna look like but i want to do this yeah there there are people who do that yeah yeah or or they paid him stupid money if, I, if whatever you, the reason may be this is like kind of an offshoot discussion question if there was a video game movie that even if the script was god awful you would sign up for what would that be metroid prime I don't know what the script for Metroid Prime would look like because in Metroid Prime, Samus doesn't talk and that's like by design, but I want to see it. I want to see the movie. I, I don't care. Mine would so be a, a spinoff. Basically, it'd be sort of kind of like Mortal Kombat, but it would be a whole new movie and it would be based off of Bloody Roar where everyone is kind of spliced game. with animals. Right. Mortal Kombat, incidentally, another example of this idea of like, you made a movie around a thing that the backstory outside of like having these characters that have vague backstories, like the story isn't really there, you know? And I don't know if you, you can't really argue like Mortal Kombat worked, but like not much did it. You guys watched it. I remember you watched it. I did not watch it. I mean, I thought again, Mortal Kombat worked in that format because I was showing up for the action. Like I didn't have to invest like 10 hours into these characters or anything like that i showed up for what was it two hours had fun and i was done with it and what yeah like would a mortal Kombat tv show work actually i could see that working but it would basically just be like every character gets an episode and then in the last episode they all fight that's probably what would happen i don't know there might be a way to do it but um Ben, what's your answer to Nerd Bomber's question? What movie yeah, do you I was want to ask see? Nerd even it might not make or, sense. I want to see Mass Effect. I think that's a that's a that's a that's a very dense universe with a lot of stories, and and um, it could be amazing. So I'm I I'm mean, going to push back kind of a, on that. I want to push back on that answer because it makes way too much sense. There's there's no way a Mass Effect script would ever be bad, right? I just don't even think that's possible. Well, I I mean. Well, that's that's the thing with too much too much um, runway or too much you know creativity, right? You you can screw it up because you are putting things in there that aren't supposed to be there or don't understand the game or don't understand the base characters and how True. they're used. So, just because it's a vast and really well done universe doesn't mean it's a guarantee that it's going to be great. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I. I still want to see it. I would still rather see that than that. That's something I would want to be, be interested in if they announced it. You know what? Maybe if we're talking like fantasy stuff here, like, you know, it'll, it'll never be made, but it would be kind of a cool idea. 
the whole universe of the of uh, Jet Grind Radio and Jet Set Radio with the kids who are like in the little gang who are doing their you know tagging and and going around the city of Tokyo that might be an interesting sort of thing to see. You know what? I'm going to change my answer. I want to see uh, I want to see Jet Set Radio made into a TV show. See, you just did that because you know I wanted Mass Effect, so I'm going to steal Mass oh, Effect geez. back. <laughs> But that doesn't again. I I I have to take issue with that again because I just don't I don't feel like it counts. Plus, that's already in the works. I'm pretty sure it and, could and, be. And like, the question was one that'll never happen. It will no. It would be whatever your favorite game was. That even if it had like the worst script in the world, you would sign on to. And it's not. It can't have the. It, it just. I'm telling you. It just. I don't think it can have a bad script. That I can mean, be your answer. Someone I'll, could I'll literally it, give but... me a script that says "Tra la 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 la, Mass Effect." I'll give you a better one. Be Beautiful Joe is another good one. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, because that's got a lot of really interesting backstory about how his um, movie thing and yeah. No, I agree with that one. That would be an interesting one. And how and how beautiful he is. I'm sure. Not it's... beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Be- oh, beautiful. Oh, Gosh. okay. Well, I clearly just don't even know what this game is. It's a it's a great hidden gem that you need to look up as soon as we get off this podcast. That's an accurate statement. Consider it on the list. Consider so, it on okay, the there... list of things that people recommend him that he will never do. Shots fired. Well, no, Ben recommended it this time, so it's a, it's on an actual list. Your your recommendations I take and I just throw a bow over my shoulder, and I don't, I don't know where they go. Okay, so this show, there's no release date for it yet. It's still in the very early going, but yeah, if you're a Twisted Metal fan, rejoice. At OW Leo 86, at OW Nerd Bomber, at OW Tactic, at Online Warriors 1 is our main show account. Let us know how you're feeling about the idea of a Twisted Metal TV series. Is that a good thing for you? Is that a bad thing for you? Is it a neutral thing for you? For me, it's a pretty neutral thing. If it's good, I'll watch it. If it's bad, I won't. I have no real, real affiliation. Maybe you're in the same boat. Let's let's stick with TV here. And let's talk about Hawkeye, which is much more imminent. This actually has a trailer. It comes out November 24th, which I believe is the day before Thanksgiving. I don't have a calendar in front of me, but I think that's it's like that Wednesday or something. So hawkeye is a show that's been talked about for a while now Haley stein steinfeld i don't know how to pronounce it uh was attached to this literally years ago at this point i think and of course jeremy renner set to return the main thing that i think we need to talk about here is the fact that this is purportedly going to be a christmas slash holiday driven experience the vibe i got from this trailer and i think there's like christmas music in the trailer it's like we're gonna be a christmasy thing yeah, it was Andy Williams. Shtick. Right, most wonderful time of the year. So there's only one Marvel movie that I can think of that even mentions Christmas, and it is Iron Man 3, which I'm a huge Iron Man fan. Iron Man 3, not very good. Just like, as Marvel movies go, lower half, for sure. I see this as an incredibly smart move on Disney's part. It's just giving people another reason to watch this show. I watched a Christmas show last year. I can't even think of the title of it now but I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast that I just like on a whim one night, I wanted to feel Christmassy and it was around Thanksgiving and I watched it. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the tipping point for people with Marvel. They're going to go and show up if they want to, but I still think it's a great idea. I think it's going to add a new spin to the show. The show itself looks interesting. And I think if ever there was a character to take and kind of Christmasify, it's Hawkeye, right? Because Hawkeye's whole thing forever has been, since Age of Ultron has been, he's a family man. He doesn't want to be in the superhero game because he like has a family, right? Well, for me... So that this push is... and pull is going to be present throughout. 
Yeah. This is really smart because I was getting like, and maybe this is strange, but like Die Hard, there's always that whole yes. thing back and forth. Like, yeah. is this a Christmas movie or not? And this is giving me super Die Hard vibes here. Hawkeye is one of the only... Tactic has goosebumps right now. I can see. I was going to say this. I'm so happy you did. We didn't yeah, discuss this before the show. But like Hawkeye Die is Hard, the Die only Hard is a one. Movie, <laughs> okay. But Hawkeye that. is the it only is. one who can actually pull off the Die Hard vibe because, I mean, now that this is a spoiler, I guess, if you haven't known by now, I don't know what you're doing. No, it's not. But with Black yeah. Widow gone, like Hawkeye is literally one of the only normal human superheroes in the Avengers and the only one who can kind of pull off like the whole yeah, action spot. The only one. Oh, I thought Captain you said Captain America Batman. also. New Captain no, America and, and also. Oh. Yeah. New Captain yeah. America is also like just a guy. I would argue. But I mean, but, yeah, sorry, all of them, Hawkeye has more like badass f- spy vibes. So I'm loving that whole vibe that I was getting from this. And also, I really like Haley Steinfeld. I, everything that she's been in, I really like her. I think that she will work perfectly, at least in the Marvel universe, because she has that like kind of sarcastic bite to her. And you even see that. I don't know if you guys have watched Dickinson at all on Apple TV Plus, but like she always brings that to all of her characters. And I feel like to take some of that gravitas, you need one of those characters who can kind of bring that element. And I know like Spider-Man is kind of like, ha ha, I'm silly, goofy, funny teenager. But like, I feel like she can pull off that. I'm really good at what I do, but yeah, I'm also funny. Yeah. My Haley Steinfeld experience for the most part is True Grit, which is like very long ago that came out that was like oh yeah i might have been in i might have been in college for that the remake yeah with matt damon and jeff bridges yeah she was great in that and she was like 12 amazing yeah (laughs) so i can only assume she's her skills have since improved i think she's gonna knock it out of the park i love the idea uh, and this might be a comic thing tactic feel free to weigh in or not but is the whole ronin copycat thing a comic driven idea or are they pulling that out of thin air because i think that's a pretty cool idea so this is basically the backstory of Hawkeye. And, I, and I'm not saying Hawkeye as in Hawkeye we know. I'm saying Haley Steinfeld is Kate Bishop, who is also Hawkeye. And it's not right. so much she's the next it's a copycat version. thing. It's that she's just a great archer that is trying to make her own way and ultimately becomes Hawkeye in her in the Young Avengers for herself. So that's the that's where this is going to end up is what you're saying we can if you know that she's kate bishop and you know a thing about comics i've heard the name too you will get it's like uh captain america and the winter soldier was right or falcon and the winter soldier i should say where you kind of know where it's going for like most of it which is okay it can still be done correctly and how they get there you know it's about the journey right you know where it's going it's finally the first big step into establishing the young adventures and that's what's really exciting about this yeah i i want to ask though does she have super aim because like hawkeye has super aim right that's like it's like actually like a thing like no i thought he was just really good at archery i thought that Right? Yeah, he doesn't have they're a superpower. Both basically control C, control V. Combat specialist overall. Her her secondary is actually swords. Um But it's not super aim? It blows my mind. It's not like a that. like a bullseye daredevil situation. And that, that is my other point of reference, so that's a good way to put it. I see I always thought he and they make jokes Just in the movies like he literally can't skill. miss just the best in the world but he like remember when he's like in civil war like iron man's like you got tired of golfing right and he's like i played 18 i shot 18 that's not archery that's just really good aim yeah well i mean if you have really good aim with archery you probably have yeah it's all like 
spatial awareness and stuff like that and being able to calculate trajectories in your head. And also and also that's a joke, right? That doesn't have it to be true. Joke. It's it's a joke. So he's telling a joke to be funny and whether yeah. that's true or not is not, you know. Clint Barton has no superhuman powers. It says it right here on Wikipedia. So right. It has to be true. And if you think about it, even world class snipers are are calculating the wind trajectory and and the, the Aureolus effect and everything. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 all just absolute physics, and that's what makes it sort of a cool... That's a good point. ...quote-unquote superpower. Physics so, is my superpower. Yeah. So, Ben, we haven't really... I don't think we've talked much about the Marvel shows with you. I mean, before even saying what you think of Hawkeye, what is your involvement with the MCU shows as they exist oh. right now? I mean, we have What If, Loki, Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision. Yeah. Any of those? Are, are, are they your thing? Or Oh, I love them all, actually. Okay. They're all really good. I mean, I'm kind of curious how this stuff is going to kind of sneak its way into the movies and and be connected to the movies. I mean, you, you get some hints throughout the, you know, the various series about what they're going to use and how they're going to utilize it, but it's just basically character building. I mean, that's, you know, and, and it's great storytelling. And, yeah. you know, I I just like all of them. I mean, you know, all of them have been good. Okay, th- there's one that I'm going to complain about. The what if zombies. I hate the idea of Marvel zombies. Oh man, you didn't like the zombie episode? I thought it was great. I-, I didn't watch the zombie episode because the Marvel zombies series that they did is the most ridiculous, stupid, idiotic. Everyone I- dies uh, at the end. <sighs> like... Like Wolverine okay. can eat his thumbs to survive, and he doesn't. It's like what? It's just so dumb. And, and they eat the power. You know, they eat Galactus, and they all inherit the power cosmic. And it's just it, all this ridiculous, stupid. I'm sorry. It's okay. <clears throat> I've got it's, strong hey, feelings it's, about Marvel. It's totally zombies. okay. I thought the what if episode was good, but that was because I had no. I didn't even know there ever was a series, a comic series. Oh gosh! Um, yeah, and re- I'm sure re- it does. I'm, I'm sure it does not follow that. I'll tell you that right now. It doesn't uh, follow that. But tactic. Any thoughts on Marvel zombies? <laughs> oh, that's what I just said. Everyone dies at the end. It just it just becomes this overwhelming force, and it just doesn't really satisfy. So I kind of concur yeah. with you. Yeah. What if the thing I've noticed about what if is it has a way? I, I love what they're doing. They have a way of ending episodes where it'll end, and you'll be like, "Wait, what?" that's they, they like cut off midstream like i'm like what happens to these characters that are left at the end of this thing it's like i have to cut off somewhere it's kind of hard but like there are certain episodes and the zombie one was one of them where like it ends and i'm like okay but it's not over yet like the story hasn't ended you're giving us an arc and you didn't get to the bottom of it like it's not anyways all the shows are good i did i'm not a fan of falcon and the winter soldier generally i think it's i think it's not awesome especially compared to the rest of them but ben hawkeye i mean it sounds like you're gonna you're gonna show up for this i am i am gonna show up for this but the whole the whole comparison to die hard is it's a concern i i just don't want it to be like just you know like die hard you know what I mean? I don't want it to be that. I want it to be something special. And I, and the trailer just gave it gave me huge diehard vibes. So if you kind if of he says me, that kind of made me kind of made me worry that they were just going to try and be a good diehard clone. Now, Marvel is a very good they they can they trick you right in a good way. They 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 can they can come out and do something very special. But the trailer 
was cut like a diehard trailer and it would just it was a concern that it was trying to be too too much like diehard so if he says yippee guy yay are you walking out uh of my house probably not but (laughs) just throwing the tv out the window i'm done here (laughs) yeah cats you feed yourselves i'm not gonna do any of this yeah i don't know it's um I'm not going to be angry because because they they're doing a really good job with all the shows that I think. I mean, you know, for all your all the complaints about the other ones, they are all very well made, and there's some sort of oh, character yeah. they can connect with, yeah. and 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 appreciate their viewpoints and stuff. So I don't see this being any different. I just I just didn't like probably maybe just the trailer. The trailer is what concerned me. It was cut like a Die Hard movie trailer, yeah, and that's just kind of like, okay, well, here's another Die Hard clone trying to be Die Hard. I think they need to strike out and be their own thing. If they would have just kind of like not focused on the Christmas and hit you that with that, like with the with the episodes, then you could kind of come to the realization like, oh yeah, this is kind of like Die Hard, and I really enjoyed Die Hard and connected that way right. instead of just hit you with it right in the trailer. Which is what they did. Iron Man 3, there might have been a release schedule issue with Iron Man 3. I didn't even know. First of all, it came out in the summer. And I didn't even know it was a Christmas movie or it took place at Christmas until towards the end. And then it becomes clear. But there's it, the, it's not marketed that way. This, of course, is coming out in November. So it's marketed as this is going to be a Christmas thing this year. And they are leaning very hard into that, for better or for worse. I'm not sure I would go as far as Die Hard clone, but I also would not be remotely surprised if there was some kind of Die Hard reference. Because it also takes place... Well, I guess Die Hard doesn't take place in New York. Doesn't the second one take place in New York? One of them does. I, I believe you. Be I believe it is the second... Yeah, I believe it is the second one in the airport. The one in the airport. Yeah, which I, I haven't seen. I just... I know the basic gist of Die Hard. I have, I've seen Die Hard 1, and I've seen... Die Hard 4, I think, with Justin Long. That really weird one. Live Free or Die Hard. Disney Plus in general, both with The Mandalorian and with these shows, they're just, they're raising the bar of what TV is, right? In the same way that Netflix, I think, Netflix did when they first came around. And now Disney's taking it and raising the bar in a bit of, in a different way, especially in terms of production value and stuff. And Hawkeye is going to be no different in that regard. You know, the... the Cautiously optimistic, is what I am. Yeah, the the passing the torch aspect I think is good because they, they, they Hawkeye himself again is a character that we no longer have a reason to care about. I, I would argue. So they need to bring in a new one right quick and make us care about her. And it looks like this show is going to do that. So I mm. I have I have fuzzy feelings about this show right now. Almost certainly will watch it. I mean, with the weekly releases too, I think they're good at you know we show up for what if every week. I, I think it's frustrating, of course, to not be able to binge it, but it's a good way to keep us engaged. And Mandalorian does the same thing, and I'm sure they'll do the same thing with this. And look, there's no doubt it will be successful. I mean, what are we even sitting here talking about? It's going to be a massive hit because that's what they do. It sounds like all of us will be there, so you should go too, I guess. I mean, we're not going to tell you what to do, but Hawkeye coming November 24th to Disney Plus as a television show. So right now we are going to take a short break to shout out one of our sponsors. But before we do, I would be remiss if we did not shout out our Patreon producers, Stephen Keller, Ben Checkness here for a guest spot as well. They have supported us either now or in the past at the night level 
which is the highest of our three tiers of support on Patreon. As a result, they get this occasional guest spot. They get weekly input into the game segment and, of course, monthly access to the secret segment and vlog. There's also a Squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and a Page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So for more of the details on all of those tiers of support, and if you're interested in giving back to the show and keeping this thing going, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. Thank you so much to our producers. We're going to take a short break now and we'll be back to talk about SpaceX. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. One of my favorites that's on the menu this week is one pan smashed black bean tacos. If there's anything I hate more than trying to figure out what to eat without HelloFresh's help, it's doing the dishes. So with one pan makes it super easy in half an hour or less. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Thanks again for sponsoring this show. Okay, we talked a while back with Ben about the first civilian mission in space for SpaceX. Well, on September 15th, 2021, which is very soon after we are recording this, SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket blasted off from Kennedy Space Center and put the Inspiration 4 mission into uh, orbit. So Inspiration 4 is the name of the all-civilian mission that SpaceX has launched. It contains the following four occupants. Jared Isaacman, who is a billionaire entrepreneur who paid for all four seats, and also I'm guessing he changed his name to be the most billionaire entrepreneur name in the history of names. Sean Proctor, Chris Sembrowski, and Haley Arsenault. Hopefully I pronounced all of those right. These are all private citizens. This is the first commercial mission to orbit. They're coming down after three days here. So they're going to do a bunch of stuff in, over the next three days. But this is exciting stuff. I mean, what's the what's the bar here? What what has to happen for us to say this went well? I don't even know what they're doing up there. I presumably research. I mean, I think for this to be a successful mission, I think they just need to prove... I'd be curious to see what the preparation was for all of these people, because I think the ultimate goal for having fully civilian-staffed missions to space is anybody can do it. You know what I mean? And just the physical demand that it takes to go into space, to leave Earth's orbit, I mean, it's physically taxing. So... I wonder, A, how much prep they had beforehand and if they can do a successful mission here with minor prep compared to like what NASA engineers go through and NASA astronauts. I feel like that would be one success, but also I'm sure they're probably studying how things function in space because I think the overarching mission for a lot of these private companies is probably, and they don't want to say it out loud, but like, you know they're all kind of thinking, what colony can we eventually set up in the future? Like, not to be it says, not to be negative, but like Earth is dying. 
billionaires want the article i have in front of me says health related experiments and they're also capturing video for a documentary that i actually i I realize now i scrolled by this on netflix it's a live documentary that is probably pretty cool first four episodes of the documentary are already streaming with the fifth and final episode premiering on september 30th i agree the preparation is probably very interesting i just i think like i want i'm gonna i'm gonna give you an example of what i want out of a civilian space mission okay and it's it's ridiculous i'm just gonna preface this with saying that i want tom cruise to go to space and film stuff for mission impossible that's like that's a commercial space expedition that benefits everybody or at least affects everybody you know i don't know that's very short-sighted but like i want to have some tangible result of this like it's it's cool that we're going up there and i'm sure these health experiments are important but like the other thing that it's doing I is want, it's raising money. How? Is it, I would assume it's just spending money. So one of the people um, going up there is a cancer survivor, and they're live chatting with the hospital that she was close with and to raise money for that hospital, which oh, I SpaceX, SpaceX could have just donated directly to the hospital and saved the effort. Don't get me wrong. And I kind of have confusion with that side of it, but... I mean, it's an it's a one in a lifetime opportunity. It's going to a good cause, and SpaceX, at the end of the day, being a company, is going to be able to leverage this to get interest in commercial space travel. So, yeah. So, Arsenault is the pediatric cancer survivor. Simbrowski is a U.S. Air Force veteran and data engineer uh, who plans to play the ukulele in space. Proct Sean Proctor brought cold pizza. There's a lot of facts, just random factoids in this article, but yeah, tracking ECG activity, running blood tests performing balance and perception tests. Uh, the module is piloted autonomously, so there's no piloting that's required. It's another cool thing I want to add. Uh, part of this craft, which is called the Crew Dragon, I guess, which is a cool name. Uh, there's a dome known as the Dragon Cupola, and it gives you basically... An, it, 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 SpaceX tweeted an image from the window, which is basically just like a really cool view of Earth, as you would expect. It's also where the toilet is. So imagine imagine taking a I dump. would have a stage fright. I'd be like the and entire just, like, world. Seeing the whole see planet, me. it's nuts, man. Yeah, I mean, we we've talked about what our roles would be on a space mission, but I guess yeah, what I'm what I'm focused on and what I'm stuck on is what's the goal here. And you've made a couple of good arguments for what the goal is, but it just like I don't even know what I do want the goal to be, but I want it to be something explosive, not literally, but like. Well, I mean, so it feels health- like there wasn't much of a reason other than some rich guy was like, "Let's do this thing." Well, I get the I the health studies though, so coming off the heels of reading project hail mary and stuff like we don't know what the future holds we might need to be sending people out into space again don't want to get like doomsday here but like the future of man has always been trying to expand and find the next frontier and it feels like since the 80s at least like space has always been the final frontier and we kind of stalled in progress right. for that. You know what I mean? And now it sure. seems like we're maybe picking up some steam back into, you know, seeing maybe there's other habitable planets that we could set up, you know, spread mankind out or even just from like research. You never know what you might find on other planets that could even be brought back for health purposes to improve life on Earth. And one well, of the you, key you, things, You made though, the good point. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. You made the good point that astronauts have different physical training, right? So, like, when they get up, I'm sure they're doing all these tests when astronauts go up, ECG tests and everything, balance tests. But they're theoretically 
in a lot of ways, the cream of the crop physically, right? Whereas if you send me up there, if I like, what if I forget my contact case? I won't be able to see anything <laughs> all the time. That's a fun experiment. He can't see in space. Let's see what happens. Right, you like know? you I have just, to see how normal yeah. people will fare in space. Right. And figure out what other, you know, accommodations are going to be needed for, for various conditions. I mean, I'm also like, I get motion sick a lot. And like astronauts by design do not get motion sick because that's like the one thing that they try to avoid. Probably the first thing they try to avoid when picking astronauts, right? So I don't know to what extent, and you mentioned this before, we don't know to what extent they've been rigorously tested to like make sure they can handle space travel. But presumably the goal of making commercial space flight, one of the goals of making commercial space flight more feasible and one of the one of the kind of major steps to be taken in order to make it so is make it so that anyone can go up. And that's not even just a financial thing. It's also a, how do we make the launch such that a 60 year old can survive it? You know, like it's, it's stuff like that, that there's research to be done there, I suppose. Ben, you've been awfully quiet. I assume you're thinking about pooping in a space dome, but, uh, no, no, I really. Not. I mean, I, I mean, I am. Could you, could you handle it up there? That's a very broad question, but I know I could not. That reason I'm asking, I could not handle it. As much as I think it would be cool, if I was given the opportunity to go for free, I probably would not. And that's probably oh. an unpopular opinion. But well, I, Ben, I, if you if you if you could go for free, I assume you would go. Yeah, I mean, maybe just just for the experience of it, right? I mean, it's you know, I mean, if it's something where I'm going to have to live up there for an extended length of time, no. But if it's just kind of like a civilian mission, you're up there for like a day trip, know, a, kind of a quote, thing. yeah, like a, a vacation kind of thing, and 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 yeah, there would be work that would need to be done, and to see if civilians can handle all that's required in order to make a space station and run and make it continue running and 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 stuff like that yeah it would be i i would say i would go up there if it was free just for the experience personally but then again i'm an old man i don't know how much time and you would be (laughs) well but and you you would be you'd be cooking up good stuff for the rest of the uh oh yeah i could do that yeah like like a callback yeah yeah Yeah, the space cook no i I probably would just galley you know what i would imagine that that it is an incredible experience for creative things. So I, I think I would be more focused if I was up there on doing artwork and just kind of being inspired by the whole experience. So that's probably what I would be doing. I think there, there's a missed opportunity here, I think. And granted, they're, they're getting it to an extent with the documentary, but like, I don't know how these people were selected, but like, I would want to send up a journalist. I think that would be a cool thing just like because they you know presumably have this background in telling it how it is right and it'd be cool to read a series of articles and exposés about like I went to space this is what it was you should too or you shouldn't you know based based on what my experience was like I just think that could be cool they're they're scheduled to come down Saturday September 18th soft splash down off the coast of Florida it's also worth noting there is currently a record 14 people in low earth orbit right now 14 humans previous record was 13 happened in 2009 so yeah i mean there's not much more to add here other than what we've already said you know space as nerbomber mentioned a few times is the final frontier and we're frontiering i would say that much is is affirmed so would you go to space hit us up on twitter let us know if it was free i imagine most of you probably would 
I would not. I mean, I, Nerd Bomber Technic, you guys would probably go, right? I would 100% I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one. I 100% would, but wouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> okay, so me, me and Nerd Bomber will be popping out lawn chairs and just like sitting looking up at the sky and I don't know watching Ed wave and be like hey go up. bye guys so so nerd bomber you wouldn't allow tactic to go or would you I mean I'm putting you on the spot here sorry it would be one of those things where I'd have to see where I'm at in life but also if he never came back I'd be very mad at him and I'd be right. like shouting up at the stars like screw you tactic I'm just picturing you waking up one morning and like feeling over on Tectic's side of the bed and he's not there and you're like, oh no, he didn't. And you run outside <laughs> and you see a rocket take off and you're like, you get back here, young man. You know, like that kind of, I don't know why you call him young man. He's not your son, but you, you get the, you get the idea. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that mental image with me and, and cherish it for a while. So uh, yeah, I guess we're 50, 50 split. I'm surprised, but nerd bomber, you're in good company. We would be safe and cozy on earth well these two mavericks would be living it up knows what yeah i don't know let us know on twitter who's that might be a poll situation for us we'll we'll figure it out we're going to transition now to what are you up to wednesday where we talk about what we've been up to and uh of course the guest's honor ben what's been going on in your life it's been it's been a minute since we last spoke so uh yeah give us the skivvy yeah, I've been hard at work. I mean, uh, on my uh, my podcast, uh, Too Vague, the Too Vague podcast, available on most of your major services. Pretty much every time I uh, have off is is focused on either getting guests for the for the show or um, working on doing editing or artwork for the for the thumbnails or something. And it's just such a great, wonderful hobby that uh in part i'm very thankful that you guys introduced me to uh to how enjoyable that is so thank you for that when i'm not working on that though i have been playing the game psychonauts 2 which is i don't want to oversell it but it's it's an amazing nostalgic feeling game it's just i was gonna say is is this not a replay for you? I know you're a Psychonauts person. We've talked about this in the past. Yeah, Psychonauts 2 is a brand new game. So it's a okay. continuation of the story of Psychonauts that started with one and then went into the Rhombus of Ruin, which was a, a 3D, which was a VR game that they came out with. And then this was basically, I think at its beginnings, a, a crowdfunded sort of effort to make the sequel to this. And I was interested from day one when they when they said that they were going to do it. And then when Microsoft purchased them and they said that they were going to delay the release, I was sort of thankful because that gave them a little extra time to, you know, to apply the spit and polish. And honestly, right. they, did, they didn't disappoint. I mean, for me, it was it's one of those games that you play it and you just play it and you have a feeling of nostalgia. It feels it, you know, it doesn't feel groundbreaking or amazing from that standpoint there's not anything brand new that if you you know if you if this right, is your first time right. playing it then yeah some of these things may be new but it just i don't know it's just it's just like comfort food is what it was to me it was just you know and i'm almost at the very end of the the story and it's just a wonderful just a wonderful game i mean just so great it's my game of the year this year so far so if you had never played the first game 
Yep. Is it easy and accessible to hop right into the second game, or do you think it's necessary to go back and play the first one to kind of get a good feel for the sequel game? I do not think it's necessary to play either of the two games. They they basically give you a summary of the first two games as a part of the intro in a very clever sort of way. And yeah, it, it's not anything that you really need to to know anything in the previous stories. There are some references that you may not get, but I think it's just as enjoyable. It would be just as enjoyable to someone who hasn't who hasn't played the first one. May want to watch a walkthrough, mm-hmm. but but I mean I don't think it's necessary. It's one of those things where it's the the themes and things like that don't require you to to know the previous game. Very cool. Got it. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean I my update is gonna feature a little bit of nostalgia too in in a bit of a different way. But I can imagine you know I think Metroid Prime Four for me whenever it finally comes is is going to feel that way. Dead Space also is going to feel that way for me when the remaster comes out because I don't see either of those games doing things besides maybe graphical updates that are particularly new. Right? They're going to be. I think replicating in a lot of ways gameplay experiences that to me are nostalgic and you know are tried and true and they shouldn't change th- those things. So See, I've got, I totally yeah, get what you're saying. Yeah, you you mentioned something there the the remaster question and I and I've covered this on my podcast with with guests before. But my thought on going back and playing a game that I previously played is I I don't want to do that. And and the reason I don't want to do that is because the nostalgia of playing that game and the enjoyment I took from that game is something that I kept with me and colors my enjoyment of, you know, of, okay. of my current games. So I don't want to spoil that by potentially going back and finding out, oh, the graphics are crap, blah, 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 even if the, you know, I, I, I want to keep that memory sort of intact. So... You know, unless there's something but are you, brand are you new. Anti, are you anti-remaster then? No, no, I'm not okay. anti-remaster because I think it exposes a lot of people. Personally, I don't play them. Yeah. But I think it's a good idea because it exposes a lot of people who didn't have the opportunity to play the originals to to, to experience them right. in, a, in, a, in a much better format. Uh, graphically and sound wise and things like that than than we well, did when, I, yeah. when we were younger and i think like a good example too 3d all-stars was there's no graphical updates there at least not to 64 it's just that's what it, you're getting what you get and but i still think that's a great the way they did it it's a great idea and it yeah. like you said it, just, it, it exposes people who didn't get a chance to play super mario 64 they have a chance to do that now and it's a great game and it absolutely holds up so yeah, you know, I think, but like going back to Psychonauts 2, like I, I totally get what you're saying. I think when I get, again, the sequel to Metroid Prime that I've been waiting for for 10 years or something, it's probably just going to be such an overwhelming experience for me. So I'm, yeah. I'm jealous of you, but I'm looking forward to, to getting that for myself. And if you have the Game Pass, check it out. I mean, that's that's the thing. I think Psychonauts is free for Game Pass people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Nerd, Nerd Bomber, do you know that? Oh, yeah. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. And if you Definitely. don't have... Unfortunately, yeah, I'm not a Game Passer, is, but yeah. This is an Xbox exclusive. So one of the other ways, I mean, I think it's on PC as well, but in terms of just like console. It's on the PlayStation 4 too. Is it? Because, yeah, it is on the PlayStation 4 because um, they basically, when they came up with the whole thing, they, all the crowdfunding was around putting it on all the systems. Gotcha. So, so it is 
not an exclusive to Xbox, but it's a free exclusive to Xbox users. I had to pay full price, but was worth every penny. So gotcha. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna transition into my update, if only because maybe nostalgia is not the right word, but something that I do on occasion, as far as gaming goes, I finished Call of Duty World War II. There's not much to say there other than what it's exactly what you expect. It's good. I'm I'm stepping away from gaming a little bit, and I've been in the past week focusing on a couple of things. Finished a show called Clickbait on Netflix, which was really good. If you're into kind of crime miniseries, you'll like it. It has a couple of good twists where I had thought that I had the show figured out, and I didn't. And I think I mentioned that on in the last episode, but I've now finished it, and it throws even more twists that I was not expecting. So I recommend that. I'm going back to an older show in an effort to do research, I'm trying to write a screenplay, which I've always wanted to try and do. And I've tried it a few different times with a few different things and ideas that I've come up with. And I'm trying it again. And I'm like, I think I'm like 30 pages in or somewhere thereabouts. And one of the shows that is inspiring to me, and if you, this is 10 years late, literally, like I think it's like came out like eight years ago or something. If you have not seen season one of True Detective, I think it's my favorite crime television series or season of a series of all time. I've just recently started rewatching it. It holds up. Every single every single element of it is good. There is no bad element. The writing is fantastic. The acting is fantastic. Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey headline it. The way it's shot, the music, everything, it's absolutely flawless. So I, I don't know if any of the three of you have watched it. It's, it's stomach turning. You know, it's on HBO. It's not, it put the kids to bed. Not that any of you have kids. It's maybe like as I rewatch it and I'm like three episodes into it, I'm just remembering how good it was and how good it still is. And there's something so abundantly pleasing about that that I just can't even express. I'm into the crime television right now. It's what's getting me going. So yeah, that's not, it's a weird update. Again, it's, it came out. I think that show came out like seven or eight years ago, but it's incredible. Do not watch season two. Season three is okay but do not watch season two. Just skip it because they're like anthologies. Each season is separate from the, from the last one. Are we going to get a preview of the screenplay? Uh, The screenplay is, I don't want to give anything away. It is a crime story that is set in the South in the same way that true detective season one is a crime story that is set in the South, which may strike some of you as odd because if you can't tell from talking to me, I do not live in the South. I've never lived in the South. So it's a little bit of like a fish out of water writing experience, but the setting has purpose and I'm confident in that purpose and guys writing things and writing screenplays, pour one out for a screenwriter. It's hard. It's very hard. You think it's easy. It's one of those things you've watched a hundred movies, a hundred TV shows and you're like, I could do that. You can do it. I don't want to say you can't. Anyone can do it, but it takes more work than you think. And it it involves you watching, like the reason I'm watching True Detective is I'm going back and saying, how would this look on the page? And I have the first episode script because it's online. And you can kind of compare and see, okay, this moment really worked on the screen. How did it look on the page? And there's a very, very fine art to that, that I'm in the process of learning. I don't, I couldn't even come close to saying I'm, you know, fluent in that. But I would recommend posting a test script on Reddit. I've done that and I learned that I should never write gonna, anything ever. I'm not going to do that. Did you actually do that? Yeah, it was sort of like a 
Batman fiction thing. Was it a full script? It was like a my make my own comic book thing, and it was like it didn't make sense there. <laughs> Basically, I I forgot that I left Batman under a pile of rubble, and people were like, "Oh, so they're just gonna go? Ah, we'll leave him there. Don't call an ambulance or anything." <laughs> well, that's like that's rule number one, I think, of writing in general, but also screenwriting. Don't underestimate the audience. They're always going to be looking. I mean, think about when you watch movies and TV shows, right? You're always looking for things. If you're me, at least, you're always looking for things, especially in crime stories, to pick apart and find holes in, right? Yeah, they're so, they're always going to be at least two steps ahead of you. Right. There's an That's entire right. YouTube YouTube industry analyzing movies and television shows, so you'll become part of that ecosystem if ever you're lucky enough where something something you write finds its way to to either of those venues yeah true detective season one that's the recommendation here if you haven't seen it i cannot recommend it enough if anything it's the most like emphatic recommendation i've maybe made ever on this show like that's how i feel about it It is just it is flawless in every single way to me so i'll leave it at that nerd bomber what's been going on in your neck of the woods one word death loop I don't know why I did such a dramatic pause, but Deathloop... It was very long. I thought <laughs> yeah, sorry. it cut out for a second. <laughs> um, so I originally got a little bit of shipping story. So I pre-ordered the game. It was supposed to come on launch day. Then I got a notification that it was lost in California and I am on the East Coast. So that didn't bode well. And they said I wouldn't get it until like the end of the weekend. And I was very sad. But then miraculously, it showed up at my house yesterday. So I played it. And I haven't gotten too far in. So it was just a preliminary thoughts on the game. I think I'm probably like maybe six, seven hours in. And I, originally, I guess I wasn't sure if I would like the game. Because the whole premise is that obviously, you I don't want to spoil anything. But you wake up and you are stuck on an island in a perpetual time loop. And every time you die, you lose everything except your memory and the things that you've learned as you progress throughout the day. And so in my mind, I was thinking to myself, like, this is going to be very difficult. Like, I'm going to personally have a hard time organizing all of this information. And I know that, they, like, all video games now, they if you get information in a game, they usually have like a journal or something to reference. But even then, like I was just thinking to myself, you know, it's going to quickly become very unwieldy. I'm going to have to remember when and where I have to be at certain places and like then somehow put it together after dying a bunch of times to do a perfect run at the end. But what I found is that, you know, Arcane has done a really good job of making sure you don't feel super overwhelmed by the amount of information that you have to learn and the amount of tasks that you have to do. And they also, one of the cool things, and this is kind of an arcane game design principle that we've seen if you've played Dishonored, if you've played any of their other games like Prey, Arcane really lets you approach the game however you want. So Usually, yeah. I would go into a game like this, you know, you have tasks, you obviously have to like get to, you know, point A, point B, whatever, as you're moving through and they kind of generally give you a guide. So you're never like totally flying blind. At least I haven't been flying blind yet. I don't know if later in the game they like take the, you know, the training wheels off and make you like completely just figure everything out on your own. But they let you approach it however way you want. There's multiple paths to get to the same place. There's multiple different approaches you can take. You know, you can go in guns blazing. You can be stealthy and try to go completely undetected. There's different powers you can collect along the way. Each day that you wake up, there's 
different guns you can collect. There's different, I mean, obviously, like, people are in the same place every day, but, like, you even progress through different areas of the map at different points in the day, and you can decide like when you want to hit a certain place you're not necessarily even handicapped by the time of day and there's just so many different ways you can approach it the like some powers you can like flit around the map other powers you can be invisible and as someone who wants to approach this stealthily even though i normally do go in guns blazing to most games that's just that's how i play dishonor that's how i want to tackle this game they give you so many options and how i might be approaching the game someone else may do something completely different and so far, besides just the gameplay being really fun, I also really like the dialogue. The dialogue is super witty. I would say the voice acting is one of the strongest parts of the game. And as someone who really likes arcane games in general, like the fact that the voice acting is really taking a strong front seat here, pulling me along in the story because I'm just so interested in what the characters have to say is pretty impressive. And there is a gimmick with the dual sense, which is actually kind of neat. So this isn't really a spoiler, but you pick up a walkie-talkie and there's actually a character who talks to you through the walkie-talkie, but it's coming through the dual sense controller. And initially it kind of caught me off guard because it's like super loud, super brash, but it's just kind of neat because, you know, you're hearing the rest of the audio, you know, you're sneaking around listening to people talk while you're hiding around a corner and all of a sudden this voice is coming through your dual sense too. And it's just very immersive. Right. This is, I, I don't know if I'm really articulating my thoughts on this game very well yet because there's just so much going on and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface, but it's just, it's so fun. It's getting ridiculously good reviews from what I've yeah. seen. I'm like, very, I loved Prey. So I'm like, and, and Prey also had really good voice acting too, by the way. The guy who plays Wong in the MCU plays a character in Prey and like, and Dishonored was good, so yeah. Like for me, it's when I get whenever I get a next gen console, it's going to be an instant buy. But it's good to hear from you too that that it's it's coming through and it's holding up how it Absolutely. looks like it should. I mean, I would say that this it's tough for me because I know Hades only like Hades technically came out last year as a whole, but Hades was like I finished it. and I was like, this is my game of the year. Nothing can potentially unseat this. And now I'm playing Deathloop and I just came off of finishing Hades. And I'm like, do I already have a new favorite game? Can I be that like ping pongy? Is that okay? Is that acceptable to like two games back to back like that? It's it's okay with me if it's okay with your mother. <laughs> my mom. You know how your dad would always say that? My mom has no idea about video games at all. She plays Pac-Man though. So. I wasn't talking about your actual mom. I was just saying my dad would always say that. It's okay with me if it's okay with your mother. <laughs> it's like, that's not an answer. But no, it's okay with me. And I don't need to ask anybody else. It's okay with me to like two games back to back. For sure. Well, thanks for the for the review. Keep us posted on that. Tactic, you in the house? Tell us what the scoop is, my man. Okay, so there's a couple different things that I'm, I've been working on this week. And some of them are tinkering and some of them is, is TV show related. So with respect to tinkering, I'm still working on my Halloween tinkering with Tectic Surprise. But more importantly, I've been kind of taking on learning various little circuit kits and things like that because I'm trying to self-teach myself electrical engineering because ultimately I want to move away from the Raspberry Pi and I want to be able to have isolated circuits that get the same function done. And then the other thing as far as TV shows is we have started watching the show Ballers. 
Now, the show Ballers is a... The Dwayne The Rock Johnson show. Yeah, right? Yeah, before I was rudely interrupted, is a TV show starring Dwayne (laughs) The Rock Johnson, where he is a money manager for various athletes. And he's kind of going through the struggles that various athletes go through with, with just blowing their money with regards to, you know, sometimes their family and friends take advantage of them. Some athletes don't manage their money and they end up broke afterwards. And it also goes through the struggles of other athletes who have retired who are just like, don't really know what to do with themselves. So there's a lot of different characters and personalities and and viewpoints that they kind of shine a light on in this world. And it's it's kind of interesting. It sounds interesting. Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character, didn't he, he like blew out his knee, right? I don't want to spoil anything, but like, isn't that why he's not playing sports himself? Or yeah, he, he, like he got injured and, and basically had to force retire. Right. Keep us updated. That's always a show that I've seen go by me. It's like that show and Succession. Both Just of those put shows. your kids to bed good. before you watch it. Okay. There's there a lot of boobies and butts. A lot butts. of boobies. A lot of boobs, a lot of butts. A lot of, is it, it Dwayne, Dwayne's butt? Is Dwayne's butt in it? Give me a straight I have yet to sw- Dwayne, see Dwayne's butt. Well... We're all waiting with bated breath. Nothing yet. We'll keep you updated on Dwayne's butt if we can. But for now, we have to take a quiz. It's that time of the week. I believe this week it's tactic to host. So you're in the big chair there, buddy. Buddy roll. Take us away. What are we talking about this week? So this week's quiz topic is cold play trivia. And we're just going to roll right into it. Let me go back to early, early high school, late middle school illegal who like bought viva la vida like pre-order funny story i was actually playing them on my spotify via a 90s rock playlist and all of a sudden i see a message in the discord Coldplay, and i and i honestly thought nerd bomber was like creeping on my my spotify i was very thrown off by it but anyway i plan on winning this but let's let's see let's see it through what year I plan on you winning this too, because I have no <laughs> idea about cold. <laughs> well, hey, you won the last time you were here, so That's you're true. my. I see. I see you as my biggest competition. Sorry, nerd bomber. I'm on a losing streak. Yeah. It's fine. I don't know yeah. much about cold play either. So plot twist. I win. What year? I don't see that happening, but let's see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. What year did the band members first meet, but not form the band? Is it? Wait, what? But not form the. That yeah. Was a very when did they first question. meet? So when was our meet cute, basically? Yeah. Okay. I assume I'm going first because I'm talking such a big game. Uh, 1994. Yeah, I feel good about that. 1994. I'm going to say 2000. I feel like they were childhood friends. Chris Martin is like, he's 45 now, right? Something like that. Thereabouts. I'm not going to Google it because that would be cheating, but that sounds right. I'm going to say in 1980, they were childhood friends and they met and they started playing sticks in the backyard. So, Illegal gets this one. The band all met in 1996 during their first week attending University College London. Great. Uh, I mean, so far, so correct. This is just exactly what I expected. Let's, Let's soldier on. Their most popular album is Milo... X-Y-L-O-T-O, Zyoto. How many digital albums were sold as of 2011? Uh, ben, you're first on this one. Jeez, I, I don't even know where to... Digital albums. Yeah, there's a lot confusing about this question, if you ask me. Well, yeah, but I, I'm just guessing digital sales on an album, and I don't know how to gauge that. Um, right. 
compared to something like just physical? I'm going to say a hundred million. Cause I don't know what, what no other number to say. I'm going to lowball it and I'm going to say 20 million. I think Ben's real close. You can't one up a guest. On the no, show. I'm going to double it to two, 200 million. I, you know, I'm surprised that that's their biggest selling album. And I'm also confused by the question as of 2011, that's, it could be anything. I'm going to say 200 million. So this album broke the record for the most digital copies of an album sold. In 2011, 21.3 million digital copies of the album were sold. So Nerd Bomber takes it. Okay, so it Look was just that. in 2011. My little lowball. That was you were very you were very close. So uh, I will see the point. That's that's excellent quizmanship on your part. What is Coldplay's lead singer Chris Martin's net worth? That man is worth a lot of money, I feel like. I'm just thinking of all of the things Coldplay music has been used in, which is a lot. Oh, boy. I'm going to say hmm, 300 million. It's a huge number, but it's not that much, if only because I think he also donates to charity quite a bit. I'm going to say 100 million. Steel Ben's Okay, what was Nerd... I'm sorry, What ben. was Nerd's... Oh, no worries. Uh, what was Nerd Bomber's guess again? 300 million. Yeah, I think 300 million. Say. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five hundred million. Okay, so illegal takes this one. The answer is hundred and thirty million. And the reason why is in addition to being the lead singer, he also writes songs for many artists and has collaborated with such artists as Jay Z, Kanye West, and Dua Lipa, whoever that is. You know Dua, Dua Lipa. Lipa. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come on, man. It's also it's Dua Lipa. Come on, show some respect. Yeah, he did the song with Kanye, uh, Homecoming, I think, was he's on that song. Great musician, Chris Martin. All right, so we're back to me to start. We're on question four. I have two. Nerd Bomber has one. I'm coming ben, for you. Ben, I, I believe in you. No, I, you know, listen, it, I, I don't want to put down Coldplay. I just don't, I don't listen to them. I'm just not a fan. It's a little bit out That's of my That's okay, ear, man. So it's out of my comfort zone. They're pretty. They're pretty unique. So if it's not your thing, it's they're not your thing. Yeah. Um, I think okay, I only have. What is it? One of their albums is Plans, right? I think that's the only one I've got. It's got plans? some sort of weird. No, P- Plans is Death Cab for Cutie, I believe. Also oh, a great band. So okay, tactic question four. Coldplay's 2016-2017 tour was their highest grossing tour of all time. How much did it gross? Might have been the tour that I went to. I have seen Coldplay live in concert, y'all. FedEx Field in Washington, D.C. This is a huge amount of money. This is over a billion dollars. $1.2 billion. I don't think it was that much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the $500 because I don't know what else to say. It just doesn't seem... Billion seems too much. I'm going to say $1, Bob. So Mr. Ben Checkness gets this. It grossed $523 million. 33,675. This tour is actually currently the fifth highest grossing concert tour in history. What, do you have a, what the highest one was? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure. It was, well, I'm let me get on glad that. you asked, though. When did Coldplay like, sign with Parlophone Records? This is the First last of all, question. is this the last question? Okay. The highest grossing tour, by the way, was U2's 360 tour. Oh, okay. How much? Um, Big bucks, I'm sure. Yeah. Adjusted for $2021, $847 million. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. And, uh, so and that, Nerd Bomber's that's first. More my, that's oh, yeah, more my you, you, speed is the U2 concert. 
you two, you know, they were really, they had a good thing going before they, they forced everyone to listen to that one album that they put on everybody's phones. What? Okay, so Nerdbomber's first. So I won. That's what this means. Because it's three to one to one, right? What? No. Did I only get two right? It's two yeah, to one to it one. Could so be it's a, really close. It could be a tie. Okay. Yeah. So you're, repeat you're tying the, with Nerdbomber, you're winning, or you're tying with me. Repeat the final question, Mr. Tactic. When did they sign with Parlophone Records? And I'm this up. is uh, yeah, this this is me. Oh, sorry. No, this is Nerdbomber. Oh, okay. Oh no, no, it is you. I'm sorry. It is, it is Ben. I forgot the order. It's a trick question. There is no record company called Parlophone Records. Uh, two thousand. I'm just gonna say two thousand. I feel like this probably wasn't their first record label, maybe, and this is a trick question in that regard. I'm going to say 2010. I do think this is a trick. I want to say they were initially with Sony. I could also be totally wrong about that. I'm going to say 2015, because I think you're right, Nerd Bomber. I think this is a trick. It wasn't a trick. The answer was 1999, but y'all busted, and so Illegal takes it. I win by default. Darn it. That's... A little bit disappointing as, as as ways of ending it go, but I'll take the win, you know? Look, y'all, this brings me what's, to... Oh, what's uh, what's the total? What's the total? What are we at now with everyone's totals? Two to one to one. Oh, you mean the, the record no, no. or the points? I meant I meant for the entire trivia season this year. This for... Yeah, so I'm at 15 and two. A far cry away from almost everybody else. Nerd Bomber is drops to nine and ten after this. Tectic at eight and nine, and Ben, you move to one and one. So tight five hundred <laughs> for you. Well, there you go. It, it, extremely respectable. I mean, you're, you're percentage wise, you're pretty much right there with Nerd Bomber and Tectic, and I'm just I'm just mopping the floor with, with y'all. I, look, I really like trivia. Okay, and half of this isn't trivia; it's just like educated guessing, I guess. But I'll look, I'll plan a victory speech for the end of the year and I'll explain what my methods are. But for right now, all I'll say is it's great to be here. And we really thank you, Ben, again, for coming on uh, the show with us. Uh, it's been a pleasure yes. having the group at four. Thank you so three. much. Yeah. Check out, and I check want out you Ben's guys... podcast. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I want you guys to come on my show one of these days. We, we gotta, we gotta get together. We gotta, you gotta think of a word that you want to talk about and what that word means to you and then we'll just discuss it and then how it relates to video games and that's the show it sounds really simple but it can go some really interesting places so check it out it's a too vague podcast www.twovaguepodcast.com and if you want to talk about moist tactic that's fine we can do that i uh you you stole my line i was about to shout out your podcast you did that yourself quite eloquently if i may uh so yeah go check out ben's podcast feel free to keep checking out our podcast and um yeah keep on keeping on go leave us a review on apple Podcasts if you're so inclined whether it's good or bad uh hit us up on twitter at the handles already mentioned and uh you know what get out there and tell your apiarist that's a word you know what an apiarist is i believe that's the term there that's a beekeeper y'all go find a beekeeper and tell them oh. i mean the hu- the humming of the of the buzzing of the bees might like drown out but if like you have like airpod pros maybe you could those are over ear deals so you could probably still hear a podcast pretty well i think that's the word i'm not going to google it so this but, closer is going somewhere right 
Um, you would think so, right? At this point, it would be. <laughs> to my knowledge, it's not. Nerd Bomber and Tactic may have other plans. This closer is not going anywhere. It's just it's going to stay right here in no man's land. I have no plans to stop, but if I'm told to stop, I'll consider it. But for now, go tell your apiarist and have a fantastic week.